welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey everyone, Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today we have Marlon and Amy and Chris and Dennis and Dan and Paul. Good to have you guys today. Interesting reading today, and and I need y'all's help today because I think I have this one figured out, so I'm sure I'm missing something. I'll look at it and say, I know what this is about. That is always bad when I think I know what it's about. So I'm hoping you guys can shine some light on this other than what I think I know. Action and non-action. Amy, can you read for us, ma'am? Do you mind? Yeah, I'll give it a whirl. Thank you. Yes, action and non-action. The non-action of the wise man is not inaction. It is not studied. It is not shaken by anything. The sage is quiet because he is not moved, not because he wills to be quiet. So water is like glass. You can look in it and see the bristles on your chin. It is a perfect level. A carpenter could use it. If water is so clear, so level... How much more the spirit of man? The heart of the wise man is tranquil. It is the mirror of heaven and earth, the glass of everything. Emptiness, stillness, tranquility, tastelessness, silence, non-action. This is the level of heaven and earth. This is perfect Tao. Wise men find here their resting place. Resting, they are empty. From emptiness comes the unconditioned. From this, the conditioned, the individual things. So from the sage's emptiness, stillness arises. From stillness, action. From action, attainment. From their stillness comes their non-action, which is also action and is, therefore, their attainment. For stillness is joy. Joy is free from care fruitful in long years. Joy does all things without concern. For emptiness, stillness, tranquility, tastelessness, silence, and non-action are the root of all things. Thank you, Amy. For anyone new to the podcast, uh, we have gone through all of the Dao, all 81 chapters of the Tao Te Ching. You can look at past episodes and see that, and we've gone back through some of those. Now we're going through Chomsa's book. Actually, this is Thomas Merton's interpretation of Chomsa, is my understanding. And Chomsa was a student of Lao Tzu, who is uh, credited with writing the Tao Te Ching. So we're going through each of his individual stories, usually one to two stories a week. So you can go back and look at that. You can look up Thomas Merton, Chomsa, and see. Uh, and get the whole PDF of this. It's available online. But the story today is action and non-action. Any comments on this, guys? Before we start just going through it line by line? I felt like it was a big circle. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it reminded me of the beginning as the ending is the beginning. You know, it, it reminded me of that. And that's that's as far as I got. Because I was like, wow, this is a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, this is that 
whole idea, I believe, that is the foundation of everything I see that's in the Tao and studying this of this Wu Wei, this effortless effort, because there's not words in English. Well, there's not words to describe this, much less words in English to describe. You know, we think of effortless effort does not mean no effort. You know, that doesn't mean you sit on the couch and watch. Now, well, I'm going to bring it up now to friends reruns all day, you know, or watch the travelers for the third time, you know, which is really cool, by the way, if you haven't seen the travelers, that's a really cool series. Uh, but it's not about that. It's not a lack of effort. For me, it seems to be selfless um, push force pressured effort. There's so much difference in my life when things just happen naturally and I just go with the flow than when I'm pushing and contriving and striving and think it's all up to me to make it happen. I th For me, that seems to be the difference between the action, non-action, the effort, the effortlessness. Does anybody, does that resonate with anyone? Does anyone experience that? Yeah. This made me think of something I just learned uh, with my um, therapist. Um, we have a saying is don't just stand there, do something. Mm -hmm. Well, but the saying from the Tao, this book said is don't just do something, stand there. Yeah, that's great, Chris. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. You know, that is what I've learned. If I don't know what to do, I need to wait until I know. Okay. Yeah. Don't rush to solve something that you don't necessarily have a solution for. <laughs> yeah. 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 I need to write that down. Uh, say it again for me. Don't just do something. Yeah. Stand there. You mind if I use that for the title? Oh, go ahead. I'll even dig up the reference in the book I got it from. Because oh, it's, it's a great you. book. I'd recommend the book if, for anybody that doesn't even have a problem. Just read it. <laughs> but aren't we all, am I going out on a limb when I'm saying we all race the other way, where you say, don't just stand there, do something? Yeah. We are, right? Yes. But I think fun. Westerners, at least, if, yeah. are taught to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. That that runs that statement of don't just do something, stand there runs counter to all my programming. <laughs> you know, um, got me in trouble because what am I doing? I'm creating things unnecessarily. I'm creating blockages. I'm creating ego. I'm creating identity, all that shit. And uh, man, it's, it's taken a lot of contemplation, a lot of meditation, a lot of like discomfort to get into the other way of not doing something, just standing there. So yeah, Dennis, no, you're not going on a limb. That's, that's what we're all taught uh, mm -hmm. in my experience. I mean, at least for me, that, that was my experience growing up was, you know, so damaging, so damaging. I mean, does it have its place? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. You know, but damn, it's not the whole thing. It's only one side of the coin, yo. 
I think those uh, those were survival skills, right? Yeah. They served, just like character defects, they served their purpose, for me anyway, to keep me alive long enough, <laughs> and that and grace and all of that other <laughs> stuff, you know, to get me here to this place of, hmm, of deprogramming. I love that yeah. you use that word programming. Mm-hmm. I, I like that perspective, Amy. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes it's like I, I find myself in a place of being ungrateful for that stuff because I've reached this other place where I'm like, oh, yeah. I can sound smart and do nothing at the same time. Right? But like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it reminds me of, you just sort of like see the Matrix, um, the second the second matrix where they had the Merovingian and they had the twins and they had all those like programs that, that had like stuck around in the matrix and everything like that. It just reminds me of the same thing. Like, okay, there, there are things that I needed at some point, but I outgrew those. And without my introspection, meditation, Mm. you know, they sit there in the background running and I'm I'm at a place now where I'm starting to recognize that hey I don't need you anymore, and um, that whole doing nothing thing is kind of partly observing those programs and not acting on them right away. So that gives me a chance to actually like start the deprogramming process. You you know if I'm not observing them, Dan, I can't I can't let them pass by. You know if I'm vested yeah. in them, yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's a there's a quote that uh, Philip in the Nag Hammadi asked Jesus, how could he have peace? And he said, become a passerby. Oh, nice. OK. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. Right. Uh, that's the, that's the conversation is be a passerby. In other words, let just observe. Yeah. Let everything pass by. At, at least initially to just to look at it and just become aware and, and say, oh, that's what's going on. Okay. Just, noting in, in, in meditation, it would be noting, I think. Yeah. 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 That's, it's kind of funny. My, uh, my stepmom in an earlier, she wanted to correct me. I was very um, introverted. I think when I was in, in groups of big settings and I was just, just standing on the sideline and, and she said I was an audience to life. And back then, without knowing it, I took it as a compliment, even that it wasn't meant. She wanted me to get involved. Right? But I like just watching. <laughs> That's great, actually. Um, yeah. yeah. How many of y'all did alcohol save your life? Like you cred- you could credit alcohol for keeping you from blowing your brains out or doing, or it caused you to be a passerby in some regard. Hmm. For a while, for just a little while. I'll own that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it could be. Yeah. yeah. I get that. I drank so I could get contentment. Yeah. It caused you to pause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's Marla. Yeah, thumbs up on that one. Thank you, Marla. <laughs> it caused you to pause, right? It caused me to pause. Absolutely my solution. Yeah. Until it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was a substitute for what we're finding finding now. Yeah. Okay. yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? We can look at all these things. We can look at alcohol was the spirit. That's why it's spirits. 
it was a spirit for a little bit for us, right? Yeah, that's good. Thank you, guys. Huh. The non-action of the wise man is not inaction. It is not studied. It is not shaken by anything. The sage is quiet because he is not moved. Not because he will wills to be quiet. So the sage is quiet because these things do not move him. He doesn't, he's the passerby, right? He's not vested in those things. That would be, I think, acceptance. All those ideas that we have of not being vested in the outcome. And it's not because he wants to be quiet. He says he doesn't will to be quiet. But he's, he's not moved by things, so he has no other choice. There's nothing else for him to do. There's no action for him to take. You mentioned acceptance. Yeah. And um, page 420. <laughs> um, I never just sit and do nothing while waiting for him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever is in front of me to be done, and I leave the results up to him. Yeah. So that's exactly what this is saying. It's not inaction. Right. Just so happened, I am reading the actual verses I am reading, or the chapter I'm reading for my Zen group for this week. One of the two is on emptiness, and this is returning to the silence. Uh, Danin Katagiri is his name. I'm sure I butchered it. Mm. This is on emptiness. The Buddhist teaching of emptiness is quite difficult to understand, but this teaching is very important for us. Emptiness is that which enables us to open our eyes to see directly what being is. If after careful consideration, we decide to do something that we believe is the best way, from the beginning to the end, we should do our best. We must respect our capability, our knowledge, without comparing ourselves with others and then use our knowledge and capability and think about how to act. Very naturally, a result will occur. We should take responsibility for the results of what we have done, but the final goal is that we shouldn't be obsessed with the result, hmm. whether good or evil or neutral. This is called emptiness. This is the most important meaning of emptiness. Same thing. That is acceptance out of 420. <laughs> Same thing. Leave the results of what we have done. The final goal shouldn't be, we shouldn't be obsessed with the result. <laughs> I thought that was crazy. I said, I'm reading this right now, and it's what we're talking about. It's so easy to say, but it's actually hard to master, I think. It, it takes a while for me to get in there and, and, and being able to enjoy the process instead of having my head at the at the finish line. But is this something that you want to master? Because what is the definition of mastering something? For me, if I master something, that means I'm done. Well, that means that you're trying to control it. Is that, or that. the wrong saying? Is that it? Yeah. I, I just want to be in a growth mode. I just, mm -hmm. I just don't want to ever say, I got it. I don't ever want to say job well done. I, because for me, if I'm not seeking, then I'm not growing. Mm -hmm. So I just have to be real careful with the words I put out in the universe. 
You're right. That's actually a bad choice of word. They would probably say that it's it's hard to practice. That would be a better <laughs> choice of word. <laughs> right. Well, well because of the pro- sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Amy. Because of the programming that we've had, because of of the stuff that we we have to get rid of, right? Because it it is contrary to the way we think and feel. Me, it's contrary to the way I think and feel. To to be empty. You know, buddy, when that, when we had that little short meditation at the beginning of this meeting, (laughs) my takeaway was, I can't believe I was able to vision the darkness looking out of the window instead of 5,000 other things that were going through my head for me to be able to get to a place for even a brief moment to not think about anything is huge, is huge. So I want more, of course. Yeah, that's good. It it did pop into my head then in this first paragraph. Are we talking about observation? Is he just being an observer or is he actually, because that in a way is is doing something. Observing is, is doing something as well, maybe. I mean, yeah, uh, he's still and quiet, I think, is the whole point is that he's not uh, um, injecting himself into the interaction, whatever's going on. He's not trying to fix things. You know, that's how I saw it. I don't know. What do you all think? I was just asking a question because it's it's, that's physical. And I was wondering what his what was the description of his internal state would be. Well, it's, it talks about it on down, Chris. Yeah. Okay. It talks about it. Uh, I'm going to read a little more. Uh, still water is like glass. Here's the example. Still water is like glass. You can look in it and see the bristles on your chin. Now, you can only, I thought, and I thought of another Dow quote when I read this was about that you can only see your reflection when the water's still. So moving water it's another one of those ideas of fi- seeking stillness. You know, you mm-hmm. can't see your reflection if the water's moving. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, you can look at it and see the bristles on your chin. It is a perfect level. The carpenter could use it. If water is so clear, so level, how much more to the spirit of man? The heart of the wise man's tranquil. It is the mirror of heaven and earth, the glass of everything. Emptiness, stillness, tranquility, tastelessness, silence, non-action. This is the level of heaven and earth. This is perfect Tao. Wise men find here their resting place. Resting, they're empty. Thought of step two in that. That that emptiness, that surrender, that power greater than ourself. The next little phrase talks about what you're talking about, Chris. From emptiness comes the unconditioned. From this, the conditioned, the individual things. So from the sage's emptiness, stillness arises. And from the stillness, action. So action comes out of the stillness. And from action, attainment. So the whole process starts with the stillness. So he observed, to me, that would mean he would observe till he sees the right action to take, like the mud settling, Mm. you know, the mud settling uh, quote, can you let your mud settle till the right uh, answer uh, appears by itself, the right action appears by itself, same kind of thinking. 
So you can see through the water. Yeah. 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 I feel like that's what we experience when we complete a step five Mm -hmm. for like, like the first time. I mean, yeah, we have to do steps one, two, and three and and four to get there. Sure. Of course. Um, Once I have allowed at least temporarily, at least taken the first foray into allowing my dust to settle by emptying myself. Mm -hmm. uh, That's when I, okay. So for me, that was one of the the key spiritual experiences that I had during the steps, which was, and continue to have is the emptiness that I, that I allow after having taken the action to remove everything that's blocking that, that stillness or, you know, let the dust settle, the mud settle, that kind of stuff. Hmm. Hmm. From their stillness comes their non-action, which is also action. You were talking, that's what you were talking about, Chris. Is it action or not? What is it? Are they doing something? Or are they not doing something? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're doing something. It's that effortless effortness, right? Yes. yes. I, I was also thinking when you are there, you're also non-disturbed. Isn't that a, a big thing, especially in the first paragraph? I got that. That's a state of mind. Nothing can really disturb you because you are you're still. Yeah. You're not allowing the disturbance. You're not buying into it. This is from uh, the Ford in Letting Go, the Pathway to Surrender. Uh, Many of us have been raised to correlate worldly and even spiritual accomplishment with hard work, keeping your nose to the grindstone, Mm -hmm. living by the sweat of our brow, and other self-stringent axioms inherited from a culture steeped in the Protestant ethic. According to this view, success requires suffering, toil, and effort. No pain, no gain. But where has all the effort and pain gotten us? Are we truly deeply at peace? No. There's still the inner guilt, the vulnerability to someone's criticism, the wanting to be assured, and the resentments that fester. If you're reading this book, you've probably already reached the end of your rope with a mechanism of effort. Perhaps you've seen that the more you pull on the rope to hit yourself up to where you want to be, the more frazzled and frayed it becomes. Possibly, you might be wondering, isn't there an easier, better way? Are you willing to let go of the rope? What would it be like to utilize the mechanism of surrender? instead of the mechanism of effort. That's what this is talking about. Mm -hmm. The mechanism of surrender rather than the mechanism of effort. Hmm. I have to disagree with you. In the beginning, you said you were not sure if you had this. I think you got this. Right. And and you seem pretty certain about it too, buddy, when you say it. You guys have added so much though, you know? But you guys have added a lot that I hadn't thought of. I mean, that's what, you know, but I always am worried. I'm concerned because I close my thinking. When I think I have something figured out, I stop, I stop being open-minded, Dennis. That's, that's why I needed to say that was because I've got to continue 
no matter what it is that we're talking about, to be open-minded, you know? Because there's always more. No matter how much I think I know, there's always more. You know, there's always, you know, I can never, I can never have it figured out. I don't think. It's funny. I just, it just popped in here. It, it's so similar with, with the Tao as it is with the, uh, with the program, the paradoxes in it, right? We surrender to win would be a good one to put in here. We surrender to win, which makes no sense in, 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 the, in the rational mind. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But, but is that not where the effortless effort arises from? Just like the second step. We talked about it last night in a meeting. And I need to read it so I get it right. Uh, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And I was chatting with Dan about it, actually. I said, could it be possible that that's not talking about God at all? Could it be possible that's talking about surrendering to alcohol? There's nothing to do with God at all. Wasn't alcohol a power greater than ourselves? Still is. Yeah. The, the sage sees all these things as powers greater than him or herself. Hmm. Because so, the sage is not moved. You know, that's how I'm interpreting that. You know, because the only way that I can be at peace or in a place of rest is if I have found that contentment that I found with surrendering to alcohol. Or I'm going to be fighting. Just like I did before I figured out how to step aside with my alcohol, how to be the passerby, how to start observing my alcoholism instead of fighting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a thought just came to mind, and that is, uh, okay, so in step one, I admit my powerlessness. And, okay, so that's for alcohol recovery, but drug recovery, emotion recovery, sex recovery, food recovery, whatever the fuck recovery, right? I'm admitting powerlessness. And I can actually admit powerlessness over pretty much everything. In my experience, it's been one thing. There's only one thing that I can that I have power over, and that's my choice of Dan or the higher power. Like, and from that, like everything else kind of stems, all the consequences come from that choice, right? So <laughs> it turns out then that my higher power is freaking everything else. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Damn, that sucks. <laughs> Or, or it's the greatest gift ever. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, you only have one thing to yeah. do. Yeah. Like we just talked about the paradox, right? Mm-hmm. So the power greater than myself is actually everything else except for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn. That's exactly. totally the opposite of what I thought when I was growing up. I had somebody contact me a day that was in the meeting last night when we were talking about this. And they were, they were talking about the... AA being a Christian thing and all that, right? Or beginnings of that. I said, sure, it began as a Christian deal. I said, that's the only path they had. They were they came from a path of Christianity. So obviously that's the path that's going to bring them to surrender. All, we all come to surrender through different paths. So 
I said, if it would have started in Japan, it would have been through probably Buddhism that they would have, or if it was in China, it may have started with Taoism as, a, as the path that brought them to surrender. But uh, once you get to surrender, you're, you're, you know, you're pretty much, you're, you're past the path that got you there, whatever it was that got you. I mean, you're to surrender, surrender is the whole goal in my thinking, you know? So I said, don't let that intimidate you. I said, just is what it is. Um, how about this one? For stillness is joy. So now we're starting to define what stillness is, Chris. We're looking at stillness itself is joy. Joy is free from care, fruitful in long years. Step three says we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood God. Joy does all things without concern for emptiness, stillness, tranquility, tastelessness, silence, and non-action are the root of all things. I thought about Romans. I've mentioned it before, but I'll mention it again. Romans 14 uh, says the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So I think about that like I do the first three steps. You've got unmanageability in the first step, which is physically seen. You've got sanity in the second step, which is peace and mental. And then you've got the third step is where you turn your will and your life over to God's care. So if you've got something you're not turning over to God's care, you're going to see some insane thinking. You're going to lose your peace about something. If you let that stay long enough, you're going to start seeing a manageability out here. You're going to see um, you're going to see uh, anger or resentment or something. But it starts with an inside nudge. If you take care of that, you're not going to get to the unmanageability. Same thing with the righteousness, peace, and joy. The joy is seen outwardly like the first step. The peace is the second. And then the righteousness would be turning your will and your life over to God's care. So I kind of see a parallel there. And here they say joy. They talk about joy. And so I think the end result of the emptiness and all those things is that we physically have peace and contentment. And it says joy is without concern. So that would be contentment. So you don't, you don't see peace. You see joy because someone's peaceful, you know, peace, peace is within. So that would be, you know, and you see outwardly with contentment, that'd be without concern. So, um, but it really goes back to the root of all these things. It's interesting. We can't see the roots of a tree. You know, most of the roots, we have no idea what's under the ground. And so, and they're saying that the emptiness and the stillness and the tranquility, the tastelessness, the silence, the non-action are the root. So I think it's interesting. It's important that we get, uh, we develop those roots. So how do we how do we do that? How do we develop those roots of emptiness and stillness? I think you hit the nail on the head, Dan, with the steps. I think working the steps does that for me. Gets rid of all those blocks, and then meditation too. Meditation does that for me. Static. Thank you, thank you, Paul. Yes. Yes. 
staying in the moment is when, when and focusing on what you're doing right now is a is a big thing for me also. Comments? Yeah, I wanna I wanna explore something real quick if that's okay. Sure. So okay, so step three says turn our lives and will over to the care of God as we understood God. So I heard somebody say, okay, it's not like, okay, first of all, it's a decision just to do it. And then, okay, got that. I understand that, right? Decision to do the steps. And then somebody else said, okay, to the care of the higher power. Mm -hmm. So right here, what we're saying is care is, what is care? Joy is free from care, right? Yes. Uh, okay, so how would I paraphrase that word care in the spirit of this phrase here? So, okay, um, stillness is joy. Joy is free from care. Turn my life and my will over to the care of God as I understand God. Stillness is joy. Joy is free from care. Turn my life and my will over to the, the joy and the stillness that I get from executing spiritual principles. The definition of care, the provision of what is necessary for the health, welfare, maintenance, and protection of someone or something. Okay. So the joy would be free of having to care for yourself. Yeah. I think that's, that's so, how I okay. yeah. So turn my life and my will over to the provision of joy. If you're no longer caring, right. It's now the care of, right. Then that's where I experience the joy because I'm joy is free from care. The care is no longer mine. The care is mm -hmm. the God of my understanding or misunderstanding or higher power. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, if, so if I'm looking at this in terms of, let's just say for shits and giggles that the Tao is my higher power. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, so turn my life and my will over to the care of the Tao. That resonates. Notice it says joy is free from care. It doesn't say who handles the cares, just that you have none. You've let it go. So what, steps three is an exercise in Wu Wei? Is that what we're saying here? Could be. Maybe. Yeah. <sighs> so I made a decision that I wasn't going to do shit. I'm just kidding, right? I mean, that's that's not <laughs> just a, a joke, but like, yeah, they made a decision to basically, like, I mean, because all right, so in the steps, we're always talking about do the work, take the action, all this other kind of stuff, right? But it's really just a series of letting go. The steps I mean, is like the program, yo. How do we execute? Will we? Hmm. We do the steps. That's kind of cool. I know this, I'm just like thinking out loud here, right? But yeah, yeah. yeah. And for me, that means the, the way I do that, the the mechanics of that, Dan, is if I'm carrying my care and not letting it go. Yeah. 
then the way I let it go is by helping someone with their care. Hmm. See, that's what we're taught in recovery all the time is we pray for someone else. We, what, you got it, Paul, right? Page 84. You still got page 84 around? (laughs) It's page 84. Yeah. He's finding it. Also, while they find it, let me say that that in step three. Oh, there you go. Page 84. (laughs) Uh, No, I I see step three. When I say, I always say it, I leave it over to the power of God that I don't understand. Because already when I say it's the power of my understanding, it's my understanding in emphasis, right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where we go into all those little religious wars already when we say the God God of my understanding. So I like it better when I say the God I don't understand because, Mm -hmm. right? Continue to watch for dishonest, for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. Care, in other words, Dan. That's my care that I would carry. Yeah, right on. Uh, when these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. We discuss them with someone immediately. We make amends quickly if we've harmed anyone. Then we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. Love and tolerance of others is our code. We have ceased fighting anything and anyone, even alcohol. The interesting says, for by this time, sanity will have returned. Step two, right? The sanity's returned. So we take those steps. And they're all about turning our thoughts to someone we can help. Getting, you know, asking God to remove it, telling someone immediately, you know, making an amend if we need to. And then turn our thoughts to someone we can help. We can do all that really quick. Same kind of deal. So for me, the way I handle the care is I start caring for someone else instead of myself. The first time I experienced trying that was when somebody recommended me when I was really suffering. I don't remember what it was, but I was really all caught up in myself. And and this guy, he suggested that I should call five people up, ask them how they were doing and not say anything about me. Yeah, that was that was important, and then I could see. Oh man, that was a relief already there. Yeah, yeah. that was interesting. Did it work? Yes, it did. There was an immediate relief from the suffering because I paid attention to something that wasn't me. Now I always have that. I have to watch out that it's not an escape route that I don't want to look at me. That instead of that, I don't use that instead of me trying not to make an inventory. I guess. I think some people can get caught up in if I'm keep helping others. So I don't have to look at what's going on on the insides of me. That's yeah, if you, when you, if you've identified a resentment or a fear, selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, or fear, mm-hmm. and you've told someone about it, you're doing an inventory. Yeah. You're not just, you know, saying, Oh, I got to go help somebody and not doing the other steps first. Mm-hmm. That's how I, if I do the process, I, I usually, but and if it keeps popping up, then I'll sit down with my sponsor and say, hey, listen, I've got this, whatever it is, and it won't leave. I don't know what the problem is. Help me figure out what I'm, what I'm doing here. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, I'll sit down and do what he would call a mini fourth step, which he loves. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> he got me on this right now. Yeah. We have the same sponsor. <laughs> oh, he loves that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
But, uh, yeah. Any, any other comments on this, guys? No, I was just going to say to Dennis, I can totally relate. Um, I know myself and myself is I don't want to look at things and I'll use anything to distract me. Um, so a lot of times I find myself defaulting more towards inventory, but um, I, you know, sometimes, I mean, usually that's, that's enough just to look at it, just to say, Hey, this is here. Cool. Um, but I do find, like you said, when I reach out to others, I do feel pretty good too. I think it's like, for, for, for me anyways, I, I like to keep that awareness of, I need to, di- I need to dig into this. What's that program that's going on? Like, I like to know it. And because as soon as I know it, it, I can recognize it for what it is. And I can say, get thee back, Satan. I'm just kidding. I don't say that shit anymore, but, but I can just say, okay, this is you. This is it. Unnecessary. Drop it. Um, and then, you know, when service opportunities come up, I'm free to take them. Um, but, I, you know, I, just in say, I just wanted to relate and say, Dennis, I know what you mean. I, I'm on the same sheet with you is, is I can find myself easily get distracting me. <laughs> like anything, service to be one of them too, right? Because I'm an alcoholic. Fear, <laughs> fear is one of our biggest um failings and so why you know that's it i agree yeah fear, fear of it's that's funny it. because now when you he is buddy is mentoring our sponsor he he um let's take he, his inventory for a minute come on well he actually he, he brought it up to me and said that i i, I practice the artistry of self-deception mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's right and i thought it was funny when he said it because i knew it but then when he made me do a, one of those mini step falls the body is talking about, and here I don't mind sharing this. This is, I, uh, I am, um, what do you call that? Um, passive aggressiveness is, is, is one of my, my bad things. And I was aware of it because obviously a sarcasm is one of my uh, services I offer to people. <laughs> and and that's that's how I can see that. But when he makes me go into it, this is kind of one of the, the things that's baffled me lately is that he wants me to look for the anger that is not there. The anger that I cannot see. And how can you find something that you cannot see? That is hard because it comes out in other ways and in little subtle, maybe sarcasm and that. And that's kind of hard for me to get that concept in. And I want to deflate everything. I even want to pointed at him that he just do this for his sake because it makes him feel good and all those things I have to go through but again then then I just fill up my little ego right so it's it's kind of interesting I have a quote from the 23rd chapter if you're looking at it the Taoist response to how to do this Hmm? open yourself to the Tao then trust your natural responses and everything will fall into place that's Stephen Mitchell's last stands in the 23rd. I actually heard it on What's This Dow all about this morning. I was listening. And I said, oh, it's perfect for what we're talking about today. So open yourself to the Dow. Trust your natural responses and everything will fall into place. That's actually quote unquote on the uh, 
on, on Wayne Dyer's uh, thing also on the last verse. I'll, yeah. I'll look into that. Cool. Guys, that's a great discussion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't just do stuff. Do something. Stand there. I like <laughs> that, Chris. Man, that's a good one. Thank Not you. if it's in the rain. Go inside and stand there instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or enjoy the rain if it's not too cold. Yeah. That's actually some of my favorite walks is in the rain. Mm -hmm. I enjoy cycling in the rain too if it's warm enough. Anything else on this, guys, y'all want to discuss? Did we miss anything or I just I had a, a notice earlier. Um and it's not a, a huge thing or anything, but um when I was talking about the the water. And it being level and clear, it it kind of refers to it as a mirror, and the glass it's mirror of heaven and earth, and the glass of everything. So it's both transparent and reflective. I just thought that was kind of cool. I never only thought about still. water only when it's still right. Yeah, right. So how can I be both transparent and reflective? I'm still. I'm still. That's that's a cool metaphor. Mm -hmm. in that. I'm yeah. still. And I'm level. And from a physics standpoint, water has a very small percentage of reflection, too. It doesn't reflect all of what, it, what hits it. Uh, most of the light passes through the water, but only it's 4%, I think, reflects. Just interesting random thought there with that is interesting. It's only four percent that's reflected in the water, everything else goes to. I think so, something like that's that. Yeah, yeah. It's... That would apply. Mm. Makes sense. About our our need to react and respond and right. resist. Yeah. That goes along with being a passerby. Yes. Yeah. Wow, mm -hmm. and here we are. <laughs> All of this All stuff. The way back. This random stuff is connected. There's paradox. Well, I keep thinking about this circular thing you mentioned earlier, Amy, about uh, it comes, comes in all over the place, doesn't it? Yeah. If you'll notice, Chris, a lot of times when we're in a meeting that's really uh, uh, moving naturally or inspired or ever how mm. you want to say it, we, we usually return to what our first uh, comments were about. Yeah. It's interesting how that, and it happens very often. It happens lots of times. I've noticed mm -hmm. it happen with sponsees and I've mm -hmm. noticed it happen in meetings and times when I've told my story before it's happened. I had somebody yeah. come up after I told my story last time I did live and they said, uh, wow, you ended with what you started with. That's so wonderful. You can do that. And I'm like, did I? I said, I didn't, that wasn't the plan. I had no plan whatsoever, you know, and the, exactly like what with this, the things we ended with, started with, we end with. So mm -hmm. it, for me, that really seems to be a sign that we've opened up a little and able to mm -hmm. hear something past, you know, our own intellect anyway. Right. Man, what a I, gift. I, I think the first meeting I of this, of yours, this style is you were talking about how the beginning is the end. Yeah. The end, do you remember? Yeah. The end is the beginning. Yeah. That's good. Thank you, guys. Anything else before we close? 
Everyone good? Mm. Remember, guys, we do have a couple of meetings in the uh, in the show notes. We have a 9 p.m. meeting that we have there that uh, every night's an AA meeting. There's a there's an all addictions meeting uh, that's uh, five days a week at 1 p.m. Eastern. That's in the uh, in the notes as well. Uh, lots of good stuff. Other things there for you to use if, if need be. If there's nothing else. Y'all have a great week. You too. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bye. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.